peace, the best cousin promises. How to be brave, how can I love when I'm afraid to fall for watching you stand alone? All of my doubt suddenly goes away somehow. Shoot the breeze. 
is. I was like, but this is like the catch up. We haven't seen you. Actually, it hasn't been a week. Um, because the last episode came out Wednesday, but you know, it's been a couple days, you know. Yeah, two takes. Okay, even better. So it's been some time. Mm-hmm. Today's Sunday. You'll hear us Monday. You miss me. I know you do. How how does it go? Had your coffee or your wine or your tequila or whatever the fuck I'm drinking drink. Um, Anger Orchard hard cider. Um, We're really just like grab gonna, a snack. So like I don't know. This discussion is kind of weird. With it's always interesting to do these discussions when we're basing them off of polls mm-hmm. and other people's thoughts and opinions. Um, the questions I basically posed on my Instagram were: Do you have a family? Well, do you have your family base? Oh, do you love your family based on moral obligation or choice? Do you feel your parents know you as a person? Do you feel you know your parents as people? Is being a parent a temporary act? Do you want at least one child? Is there a good way to parent? Those were the polls questions. And there was a good 40, 50 people giving me, like, you know, polls and responses. So we got a discussion. It's obviously not a lot of people are, you know, involved. Because tr- trust me, depending on the questions I asked in my story, it, you know, depends on who I want to get a response from. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can range from five people to 50, 50 people. And on the funny part is about these polls, certain people don't answer certain ones. I don't know what the fuck that's about with y'all, but, uh... I told you, I only answer questions on polls I got the answer to. <laughs> what is These are all personal questions. Do you? <laughs> you say they're personal questions. Like, people don't, like, don't know themselves every day. <laughs> like, you asked me something personal, bitch. That really made me feel like I don't know. Don't know about me? Hell no. Nah. That's true, because people do listen to me. Like, oh my god, these are such good questions. I never thought about it. And it'd be like, do you like yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically for the parenting thing, we were talking about this uh, off podcast, and I was like, I think a lot of people really do think about what it means to be a parent in like terms of being a pet owner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where it's like, oh, I just want to like dress my kids up, or I want to be able to take them these places. I want a mini me. I want somebody that's going to do the things that I do. I want a shopping buddy. Like there, there, it is very rare that I'm having a conversation with someone who says they want kids, and they're being like, I really want to instill trust in my child. I want to have really, like, people do say they want to have good communication. You're like, oh, elaborate on that. They're like, I just want them to be able to tell me anything. It's like, like, well, that's never going to happen. You can't just birth someone <laughs> and be like, now they tell me everything. Yeah. You have to develop it over time. There, there are very few conversations about the development that will go into parenting. And I think that, honestly, that's one of the reasons why some, we have so many um, inadequate parents. So I feel really bad calling people bad parents unless they're doing malicious things mm-hmm. to children. I do think that for the most part, everybody's fucking up their shit, kids, in some shape form or fashion. Yeah, I think um, you, in order to have a child, you have to decide that you're gonna fuck your kid up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a bitch. Um, but it just has to like have an understanding that you're gonna be like, I'm gonna send his kids therapy. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> you, because we all like as a human people, we all have endured trauma, right? You're, it might not be like you know my house burned down at six kind of shit, yeah. but like. Everybody has their own their own things that they're bringing into any relationship, parenting not excluded. And so you're gonna have shit that you're gonna project onto your child because that's life. Yeah. And it's like being aware that you're gonna do that, you know, so you can counterbalance it, so you can not do it when possible. Yeah. And then also, like you said, being like, 
I'm gonna send this with my regular therapy. Like I it needs to be in the budgeting of like I'm gonna have a kid. You know what I mean? Like like you need someone to talk to that is not me, that is safe. And obviously this conversation is centered around like if you had time to decide on having a child. It's like if you I think even if you like I fuck around, got her pregnant, and now I got eight months to figure it out because I'm already two months in and I'm like, ooh, figure this shit out. Um you can still do this work, right? You can yeah. still think about these questions. You can still ask yourself these questions. But the time period, you know, is a little shorter versus my privilege of asking, like, you know, hypothesizing about, like, hypothesizing. yeah, hypothesizing about having a child. What will happen? Versus you ask, like, bitch, what's going to happen is I got $20 in the bank, you know? And I think that is something that's to be aware of. But the conversation we're having today is based on the fact that we ain't got kids. Yeah, um, so first of all, as a person with no kids, let me start with saying I ain't got kids. If you have kids, you hear something out else I say, and you like, when y'all got kids, y'all know. Sometimes you gotta beat your kids in the same way to Sunday. <laughs> I thoroughly disagree with you. Yeah. However, you have kids, and that is an experience I don't have currently. So I will choose, to, well, actually, carry that specific example. I just disagree. Don't beat your kids. Um, but like for other stuff, if you're like, oh, well, I give my kids hot chips and blue juice because that's all they eat. You, you that motherfucker's parent. I can't tell you how to parent your child. Like we said, budget in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just be like, we're gonna, I want to help them talk about these things later on. Um, but I guess the first question is, do you love your family based on moral obligation or choice? I think you answered um, by choice. Yeah. Um, also, I can see who answers what, you know. Yeah. So she says, she says something other. I'm, and y'all actually wrote me. Yeah, no, I um, definitely believe I choose to love my family. Um, yeah, because the family, like, I have people who are my family that I don't love. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the people that I do love, like, I can give, I can largely give reasons to why I love them, even if my relationship with them is strange. So for the the people answer for me personally, I don't know. I go back and forth. So the the people I talk to directly, you, Elijah, Ashley, that's it. You know what I mean? I choose to love y'all, right? Versus mm-hmm. everybody else, I do just kind of have a moral obligation to be like around and love like barbecues that we get invited to. Like I feel like I should go where y'all is going and type thing. Versus like. Yeah, so like extend, it, I guess it goes for your extended and close, close family. It's like some people said, certain people said it's a moral obligation, and 26 said it's a choice. Yeah. So, I mean, it really differs, I feel like. I feel like specifically in minority families, specifically black families, because that's what I know, um, there is a state, because like you tell a black person, oh, I'm not talking to my mom anymore, they're like, but that's your mama. Yeah. Like, it's the kind of thing that you usually get. Um, so I do think that there is like a cultural thing where there's like this obligation around family and that you should center it. Yeah. Um, I just uh, so. have gotten enough therapy that I don't believe in that no more. I don't pray to that. I, I have family members that I love and like I, I feel like the thing is, is like if I don't love people past their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love them like not aggressively but assertively or whatever. And so I don't I can't it is it is not I don't think I'm, I'm it, is, it is not possible for me to like love someone out of obligation because to me that's like passively loving somebody mm-hmm. and it's like it's like I think love is a verb it's an action it's work it is you doing things to show that you love people or whatever and I don't do that for those family members um and I don't feel an obligation to do it like I I, 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 say that, I do think that the obligation is there but I don't feel moved to do it 
should say. Funny enough, I might, and then what inspired me to even look at this is to see what was the racist of the people who said moral obligation. There was one white person, there's one um, Asian person, and then there's one, two, three, four, five, six black people. So, so like, says the moral obligation. And the funny part is one of them is, like, somebody who's African, you know, the first-born, first-generation American, and then someone else. Actually, two people who are first-generation American, and then somebody else who has, like, cultural roots. It's like, I mean, also, I can see who know. I know some of these people, so it's like, okay, I can see, like, how you got there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially because, like you said, it's very much a cultural thing to be, like, harness on the black community, yeah. your, your black family. It's like, well, that's your family. That is what it is, yeah. type thing. You deal with it regardless. <laughs> you don't get to choose them. Um, yeah, I, but I, I think that's so toxic to feel. Because I feel like the obligation to love family simply because they are family leads to toxicity because it's just a gaslighting kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, people say, like, motherfuckers be like, yeah, my mom needs to beat me three times a day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Like, but that's your mama. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't get to negate abuse. You don't get to negate trauma because of a familiar relationship. So, no, I don't, I, I, like I said, I don't pray to that. I used to. Definitely thought, like, you my family, so I gotta love you, but shit, my family don't love you, so what's the you gotta love them for? <laughs> you know? I don't know. We also don't have a close-knit family, I think. We, I have, mean, we have a family that wants to appear close-knit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, y'all seem to go off on the story. We are kind of close. Like, I, when I think about our family as a whole, I think that the the family dynamics are there, right? Like, the things that people do, the way people throw shade is always there. Um, but, like, first of all, my, our family, on our mother's side specifically, just, one, are close, because we live in close proximity to each other. But like, only partial of the family, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, when I'm thinking about our family, I'm thinking of, like, my immediate family. I'm not thinking about the diaspora family. Yeah. Like, it's us, D3E plus Auntie Tiffany and family. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, largely what I think of when I think of my family. And, like, you know, all of us are, like, I feel like, you know, like I said, physically, we really are close. I live in walking distance from Elizabeth, or Izzy, excuse me, Izzy, my aunt, and my granddad. I can, like, get to any of their houses within 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Fine, though. It's been a minute since <laughs> I've introduced myself to Elizabeth. Really? Yeah, like, I'm just talking about it now. Like, I, I remember when I was doing the podcast, like, oh, maybe last season, I used to go off and on between the names. Be like, it's Izzy, it's Elizabeth, but now I just... You know, it sounds it goes off tongue, it's easy, most people know me as Izzy. I kinda just I don't Elizabeth's not dead, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's like a name that is very familiar in a very family way. Yeah. Not a very like it's like a nickname at this point. <laughs> it feels like kinda. But I still write it down when I'm writing documents and shit like that, but it always feels so foreign because my day to day life is Izzy. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting concept. Because I still internally mentally say Elizabeth. It's like yeah. such a weird thing I, to go around. I only ever refer to you as Elizabeth except for when I'm talking to other people. Yeah. Um, which is why I always go back and forth on the podcast as I'm talking to you. I'm like, I'm, I know I, I, we're having this conversation for an audience, so it's like, Izzy, this yeah. is the thing that I'm thinking to say, but um, yeah. What were we talking about before? Come on, parents. Um, but I guess, do you tell your parents who know you as a person? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is which the um, most people think the same like most people if 28 know the letter guesses and I feel like it's very common for your parents not to know you because it's not 
I don't think we get told that they should until like we're adults. You know what I mean? Like, and until, then your parents want to be besties and shit. Yeah, like you're not telling you're a full human being until you're 18, so therefore you don't have a personality to know. Well, I think that's kind of fucked up. Oh, uh, well, I think I had a personality to know. I think, again, culturally, black in black families, children are to be seen, not heard. Yeah. Um, and me and Izzy were talking about this before. We're like, it is not only is that like the kind of the mentality that we grew up with, but it's also knowing that like in our household, if I were to show parts of my personality that my parents didn't align with, mm-hmm. then that means that I'm risking, you know, shelter, food, clothing, being taken care of. And so I was like, I can't completely be myself because like here I am being my whole self as an adult and like I don't fuck with either one of my parents yeah. because they don't particularly like that, right? It's funny, dude. Um, I don't think he disagrees. I just think that he is himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, they, I feel like a lot of people have to wear masks growing up simply for their parents' like affection or for their care. Yeah. And so it's it's really hard to get them to know, especially again, like I said, when like my whole thing, like for me, my parents not knowing me was like not knowing that I had anxiety and depression or like not knowing that like you know. But you can't I can't let that be known because then like I'm not gonna get care and, and hell them finding out about little pieces of my personality led to me not getting care or whatever. <laughs> um but I do think it's you know well you're gonna get into some other questions because I'm like, do we know our parents? And you know, I have well for me, I don't think my parents know me because I don't think I've actually had a conversation with either one of them about anything. I think dad knows me more as a person than I think mommy ever will. Yeah. And I wish it, which probably grants me the fact that, like, makes it probably why I'm closer to dad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I've had conversations about things that interested me and he never brought up himself. Mm-hmm. I think daddy talks around subjects. He's not someone you ask for advice from, but he's someone you can actually talk to, like, realistically, which I think is kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like you start getting his advice and you learn about his personal opinions and you realize you don't want to know him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is literally my relationship like with, with dad, though. Whereas, like, yeah, I don't think dad has any outwardly negative feelings towards me, the individual Eliana, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that if I were to ask him his opinion on things, I would not want to. It's not at all. Not at all. <laughs> But it's like I've had so many late nights of me staying up way late with him and just really enjoying my time with him. Like, I think he's somebody who's like, I would not have any gripes around bringing him around a public place mm. because I know he would, no, it sounds bad, but stay in his place. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, dad is someone versus mommy. Well, I, I mean, I think she would try to be involved in some way. Yeah. And that's from experience. So yeah. just bringing her places and also experience is bringing daddy places. It's like, you can definitely see the difference in why which I don't feel comfortable being known by her. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a person. And I don't think I have such a drastic personality. I think I have a very dry personality. And between my dryness and her need for, you know, moisture. It doesn't work. You know yeah. what I mean? And it feels like there's always like this one-sided interaction. So like, do my do my parents feel my parents know me? No, but they probably they feel they know me, which is a weird dynamic that I don't think people talk about. Like that dynamic of like these people clearly feeling like they know all about you, and you're sitting here like, bitch, you don't even know my favorite color. I okay, so 
so literally our last Christmas, I tried to bring this up that I felt like, you know, not only my mom doesn't know me, but I was like specifically, I was actually talking about one of our, our other siblings mm-hmm. and say that they don't know me. Um, and, and they both, both our mom and our other sibling were like, oh, I've known you forever or whatever. And it's like, you've known me through the confines of living in a, in a cage. Yep. You don't actually know who I am when I'm living free. And it's like my sibling, our other sibling currently lives with me or whatever. And so I'm sure to some effect, they might think that they know me a little bit better. But it's like, still, I am, me living with you is not me being my full self. Like, I'm still living in a different kind of cage. Even where no one ain't on my actual whole life. Yeah. Like, my life's <laughs> existence has always, not just like revolved around her, but she's always been there. And I don't even know her. You know what I mean? Like, for some, and it's like, you know me a little bit. I think I know you, but I also think that's my point. You know? No matter how well anyone knows you, there are still parts of you that you have to explain. And so that idea that you're going into the space and they're fully knowing you is invalid and not real ever. But I think my parents don't even know me on, like, a small level. And I think that's what it's like. It doesn't actually annoy me. I think it makes me feel more comfortable. But I think I can understand why somebody else might feel sad about that. I I just feel an imbalance there more so because, like I said, we're going to get into the, the other questions. But I think that I really have an intimate idea of who my parents are. Um, and that I and that's largely because, like, with, with my mom, that's because she talks about herself. And then with my dad is because, you know, he is my dad. And, like, I just, it's like... I, I feel like I know my parents for the same we- reason that I know and understand my parents for the same reason I know and understand white people mm-hmm. for survival, right? Yeah. Where it's like I have to live with them and I have to live with their personalities and their wants, dreams, desires, etc. Still to this day, um, and know how to navigate them again to c- continue to receive care, which is continue to uh, get the things that I need. So like, I have to know who they are. I know I have to know how to sidestep them. Or to like, you know, give out of urges when necessary and all of those kind it's of things. It's a form of manipulation for survival. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things that like I think you'd be like, Oh, you manipulating your parents and it's like, Well, they've been together my whole life. Like, right. I just kinda learn how to figure it out. Which I think is yeah, very valid. I remember dad telling y'all specifically about how like y'all wouldn't like me once he learned out who I was from the first time, da da da. And I always thought that was weird. <laughs> That never actually got what he meant, you know. It's like what who it made me wonder who he thought I was, you know what I mean? What made me unlikable to y'all, and therefore, how did he see y'all? It just gave me a lot of questions and no answers. The the amount of times that I think one and both of our parents have had conversations with you and Elijah, our other sibling, about the other two of us not liking the other one mm-hmm. like and i would like to like sorry not trying to work on my own therapeutic shit on here but like just those kind of dynamics or whatever within families and stuff um like you said that, that for for him to say something like that that means you have to have a fundamental a fundamental misunderstanding of one your other two children mm-hmm. and then two one of the child you're talking to mm-hmm. and it's like it makes me and it, it goes back to um like I said, having to know my parents or whatever, and like I know with both of my parents, both of them do a lot of projection where they have their own unfulfilled shit, mm-hmm. and like specifically coming from my dad, I think my dad knows that he is an unlikable person because he's a bit of an asshole, mm-hmm. and that he assumes that 
I feel like one of the reasons that I think that you and dad are so close is because y'all are really similar. Mm-hmm. And I think that dad does, but dad doesn't see it as y'all being similar. He sees it as you being like him. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, oh, well, you know, if you are like me, you are also an asshole, which I mean, we can kind of be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't deny. <laughs> I keep it in close for the most part. But I think the difference would be is that um, you are not unlearning you are willing to hear that oh i've done something to hurt someone and then think about it and do differently henceforth versus like our dad would double down on it and be like no the reason that you are upset is because of you and i have nothing he's one of those your opinion of me don't matter which (laughs) makes me like that man like it makes me wonder how i am being perceived then because am i being perceived as once i become me becomes the full asshole is that the full asshole is it me or is it when I once I learned that not to be an asshole, is that me? You know what I mean? That's why. And well, then if that's the case, what am I now? I guess my, 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 I guess for me, like I said, I think that his assertion is that you will become a better version of him. And so in both cases, like, I don't think it's right. I don't think he's right. Right. But it's I guess, oh, sorry. I, was like, I guess my, my idea is that that's like me saying that. I guess I'm coming from the perspective of him saying that when you become your full self, that, you know, your other siblings won't want to fuck with you, is him thinking your full self is who he believes his full potential is. Mm. Like, he, I don't think that he's, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I guess he's not really seeing you as a whole person. Mm -hmm. He is seeing the parts of you that he sees in himself, and that he thinks that, like, he's talking about those parts or whatever. Like, he's speaking to a part of you, not who you actually are as a whole person. Nah, I was just wondering, because I was just looking at, I'm like, we have to dissect our lives. But now I was just thinking about it, just because he also is the same person who was like, you need to be less petty. Mm-hmm. So then it just, it, it makes me wonder, does he, it gives me, like, hope that maybe he understands he's, like, a shitty person, because I'm like, maybe he understands himself to be petty and understands himself to be, like, a, you know, mean, kind of, like, you know, what's the, what's the word you use? Yeah, kind of person kind of way, the very, like, manipulative in that way in which he, you know, gets his vindication. Yeah. But, um, it makes me wonder, does he believe himself to be finished and, like, if that's okay, then that's his, like, his reality. But then is that, then him being like, then you can be more positive and less pretty version of me. You know what I mean? And I don't necessarily feel that's a terrible thing, because that's, but I also understand, like, the downfalls of it. I was like, I think the the bad thing is not the individualization. Yeah, no, I, we were talking about this, um, about people saying that their their children are extensions of themselves, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, because I think it's true, like, two people came together to make a child, Fifty, this child is 50% both of y'all, right? So they are, in some ways, an extension of you, and I think that it is fair, like, your parents raise you, so you're going to have attributes of theirs, whether you like it or not, you know, you, you are your parents, that's what yeah. happens. <laughs> um, it be, it, I feel like the, the, the thing that fucks it up is when it becomes, when it changes from you're an extension of me to you are me. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents fuck that up. Where it's like, they think that they are essentially raising themselves and they cannot see beyond who they who they were at any given point and not project who they were at their child's age onto their child. Where it's like, oh, I know who, like there are so many times that both of my parents would say that to me growing up. It's like, oh, I know who you are. I know what you're going to do before you're going to do it. And I'm like, well, bitch, why didn't you stop me? <laughs> why didn't you catch me? They said we were trying to. You, because you don't. Yeah. And it, it is, it is that lack of understanding. It is like, 
it's in having those conversations with my parents as a child that I knew that they didn't know me. And two, that I knew that they weren't interested in getting to know me. They had made assumptions on who I was based on who they were without trying to get to know Eliana. I mean, and then you all, you already touched on it, but do you feel you know your parents as people? I thought this, the the difference in answers made it kind of were funny to me because it was the direct opposite. You know, people answered yes. Like every, I feel like mostly, if not everyone who said no, that the parents don't know them, said they do know their parents. And like goes back to this, and then the people who said they, the parents don't know them, it said they don't know their parents. Which makes me wonder about that opposite because I think we can always dive in and talk about how and why we've talked about it before and why we feel we know our parents versus them knowing us. But that difference in being like, I feel my parents know me, but I know nothing about them. I think, first of all, um, I think that is a semblance of a parent who is not a narcissist. Mm. I think I had two narcissistic parents, and so part of me knowing them is not, it was one for survival, and the other is because they are, neither, both of them are for no shortage of sharing themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you cannot have a conversation with my mom. Like, I could literally be talking about how I gave birth to Jesus, and this bitch is going to be like, because I went to church last Sunday, and this bitch had me, and like, and the conversation will be about her. And she will see no fault. That's the wild part. And like, you, it doesn't matter how many times you try to bring it back to you, it will be brought back to her. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's pulling Um, And like, you know, that's the person that she is, and so, like, that, and that's the person that raised me. So I can't help but know about her and know who she is and have all those intimate details about her. Um, because like she just shares those. And then my dad, I don't, I will say this. The reason that I don't know my dad, he's a narcissist too, but in a different way. He thinks that all information about him is secretive. Like you ask him anything and it's like, you didn't ask him for like the the code to Chase Bank or some shit. Like this nigga won't share anything with you. He is so closed off. Um, and like, that's his own coping thing for his own shit. Right. It's a form of him not understanding. But yeah, I think dad just has a fear of like that nobody wants to get to know him, um, which I can completely relate to. Because like even when I ask him further questions, he's like astounded and like gets a little flabbergasted that he doesn't know what to say because he doesn't like he didn't expect to get this far. So I completely understand the way in which he is not suspected. But like you said. Seek help. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, that's your line, bitch. Oh. <laughs> I, the face I just gave her, I was like, bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I... And honestly, that's my... That is my first advice to people who are going to become parents. Like, if you... Before you start the process of actually becoming a parent, before y'all start, you know, doing the horizontal mumbo, mm-hmm. like, get some therapy. Like, really talk about your childhood, your childhood trauma, the things that you have in your past. Like, it's one, like, you know, we probably all won't get closure from our parents. Most of us won't, let's be real. Yeah. But you can get closure on your childhood through therapy. Well, not I ain't gonna get closure, but you can get answers through therapy about mm-hmm. your childhood. And some people get closure, you know? I- I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, but some of y'all do. Where you can, like, start to heal those things just so you don't repeat the same stuff. Like, that's, like, my biggest fear around parenting is that, like, I will just remanufacture my my trauma through my children. The trauma that you have and like, you know, the siblings have, I think it's siblings, but us. But no. is that 
I don't think that you could duplicate it, <laughs> even if you try. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I think the standard of living, or as sure. of now, it wouldn't play in the same way, especially considering how public you hope your child to be. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like not since like you're gonna make your child famous, but you're gonna be like, you know, take pictures of it, yeah. video of it. A lot them, of the things. Them, I'm we'll talking about this. You, I'm sorry, them, <laughs> them, my fault. Um, no, but you're going to be taking videos of them, you're going to be taking all these things that I don't think the same way to which you were traumatized can be afflicted to that child just because it just is recorded. You know what I mean? Well, I don't see, well, there are plenty of stage parents who fuck up their kids behind the, you've seen Bojack Horseman, plenty of people wow. fuck up their kids behind the scenes and then put them on stage and put a happy smile on. Uh, Shia LaBeouf actually is some, his called Honey Boy, a really good movie. It's about him, his, uh, Childhood parent is like so. It's two. It's one movie, but it's telling a story of his childhood when he's on Even Stevens with his abusive father, and then his childhood when he was like going to rehab. I believe the first time when he was like doing the Transformer movies, and you like see his father who was abused by his father was abused by his father, his grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then his father projects his abuse onto Shia, and you see this um, happening through his run, like not through his entire run of uh, Even Stevens, but like part of it. Um, where like that, like where, and that's the stuff that I mostly fear that behind the scenes, when it's just me and my child at home, that I, when I, when left, when I am, my fear is that when I am in a position where I will be left unchecked, mm-hmm. that you know, it is easy. To, like I see it in my parents in the way that they have treated me, in the way that we have conversations in adulthood. Um, and I've seen the way people parent their children when they think no one is watching, yeah. where it's very different than when they know someone is. And it's really easy to get in a place where it's like, well, I'm the adult. And so I can like you, you have, like you have the ultimate, like, even if you get to a point where you regret what you've said or done to your child, you are the adult. Like they don't have any power. You don't really have to give them a sorry. And it's like, I know all of those things, right? Yeah. But I feel like a lot of, I, I know a lot, specifically with my parents, of what keeps them from like truly giving me real apologies or real closure on things is that they don't want to admit that they harmed a child. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's like some real shit. Like, cause you have to think about that. Like, why did I do that? Yeah, you start to ask yourself questions and we don't want to do that. Woo! And it's like, it is my fear, like I said, that when I am in the privacy of my own home and no one is watching, that there will be times that I choose that. Well, I'm the parent and I'm upset and it doesn't matter that I acted this out on my child because it was nothing, mm. right? Especially when it's like, quote unquote, little stuff. Yeah, because you can, but if the problem is when the little stuff it accumulates. Now, right? <laughs> no. And then when it keeps happening. And yeah. I, and I, so me and my therapist talked about this. She was like, well, you know that, like, you say that that's a fear, right? And so, like, we, fears are real. We have to validate them. And I was like, well, the thing that, like, she was like, the fact that it's something that you're thinking about already puts you a step ahead of most people. That's true. Um, and she was like, also, she was like, what makes apology? She's like the thing that makes apologizing hard to children hard is the same thing that makes apologizing hard. Period. Owning up to the fact that you've done something wrong. And she was like, we we live in a you know we live in a, a society that tells us that you can't really do anything wrong to children. Mm-hmm. She was like, we you have to rectify that in your head now that you can absolutely be harmful to children. She was like, you people have been harmful to you as a child. Do not disregard the fact that children have real feelings. You know that they do because you've had real feelings your whole life. Yeah. Um, constantly having those conversations, whatever. 
But still, like, it's a fear that I have that I'm gonna be a fucked up parent. This whole time I've been trying to find a place to watch the movie. The only place is Amazon Prime Video, and you have to have Amazon Prime. Oh, girl, which no one it. does. No, I didn't bootleg it. It's well, not even on I, YouTube. I watched it on. Was it, does he have Roku? I think it is. I watched it at my. <laughs> I watched it at my ex's house while I was having a threesome with him and his girlfriend. Gang, <laughs> gang. <Dang, dang. laughs> the levels and the stories we don't talk about, right? Uh-huh. So moving on back to parents. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess. A lot of people, similar to what you're saying, is like, um, once I'm done with this job, 18 come, you know, people have much, how much we like, you know, sensationalize the 18 year old, so now you're out of my house, I ain't gotta deal with you no more. Girl, we've been here since we was like 12. Very negative viewpoints on leaving, like on like you yeah. as a person, being like, damn, did you not like me? Like, like you can't, can't wait, like, wait. how down with G, like, but when so, I say the same thing, my mom had been counting down, kicking me out of the house since I was like twelve, y'all. Like, can't wait till you turn eighteen. This bitch been counting down for. Why I say I don't know that you can, <laughs> unless you have a son, then that's a different story. Then I think I will have to check up on you often. <laughs> like, watch this bitch. <laughs> but um, is it like a temporary act to be a parent? You know, like, do you believe it? Do you, or like, and I guess. What is the relationship two parents are you expected to have in adulthood? You know what I mean? Because at that point, you are, especially if you not only adult, but you live alone, you have, like, essentially moved out of the house, you have created space to have a whole life of your own. I, one, don't have a healthy relationship with parents, so I don't know what that looks like or could it have or feel like even. Mm-hmm. But I know what it could look like, but even then, I, I don't know. I anytime I imagine it, I imagine it with a parent I don't want to get to know. <laughs> so I it's really hard for me to think outside of myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, let's, let's throw let's shoot the breeze. What would it look like for a parent to like not act like this is a temporary well, act but it's continuous? Well, to answer your question, I do think that parenting is a continuing act. Mm-hmm. I don't think it stops at eighteen. Um, I do think that your relationship to your parents shift once you are out of their house. First of all, I don't, I, state of New York, know what they're doing, that you, parents have to take care of their kids until they're 21, like once they're out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that, that what, yes to what? The question, is parents to Maria? I think that's funny because they that that cousin specifically is still being parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I thought was funny. <laughs> like at twenty one, just turned, is still being parented. Yeah. Um, now basically to show her somebody has said yes to that it's a temporary act, and then so they, somebody who has the privilege of still being parented. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you know from zero to eighteen is like it is your job to keep that little motherfucker alive. Like, yeah. Like, Three hops in a cot. Make sure they have clothes on their back. You, you really. I feel like the, you know, those are the the most active years of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like past eighteen or whenever you become like a quote unquote adult and start living on your own, that the relation your parenting relationship is more so mentorship mm-hmm, yes. uh, and friendship, where it should like I do think that I don't think that there is anything wrong with going years zero through eighteen and not feeling like you know your parents because I think that it is your parents your parents are full people it is their job to get to know you and develop you into a full person Mm -hmm. um and it is in your adulthood that I think that you should like now I will say the foundation for communication for friendship and all that stuff should be laid zero through 18 as you do not do not 
wake up the day after your child turns 18 and like let's be besties and you've not poured into them (laughs) that there can be a connection there right and that that, like the friendship and the mentorship should be there all throughout the parenting i think the difference that happens past 18 or past adulthood is that you really are just a mentor you are no longer in charge and it's learning that i will listen to your advice and not take it and being comfortable with that yeah um, and I think that's hard for a lot of parents at first. And that's I, a lot of hard for friendship. <laughs> that's hard for, yeah, that's hard for anybody. Like when you're like, no, I know best. And I'm trying to tell you, you're not going to listen, but you're going to come back and tell me that you didn't listen. And the shit that I said was going to happen, happened. Oh my God. My <laughs> friends have the same issue with their friends. They're like, oh my God, this friend keeps telling me stuff. And then like, they don't ask them, hey, okay, I'm setting it up so you can do it. And they're like, whoa, I didn't want all that. But I was like, I'm trying to like talk to them about like, hey, you doing the work for them is the same way that we talked about Bojack Horseman and yeah. so like about how Diane had the bail room oh, and yeah. her imagination for herself. It's like I saying I want to get my life together is not I need you to help me get my life together. It's me saying I whatever that looks like to me of getting my life together, I need to get my life together. You know what I mean? And I think that can be very hard for like anyone, even especially parents, yeah. who your whole job is to like you know like help you get a life <laughs> um, maintain a life and moreover than that um i think parent like parents really do um learn communication with their child with their children in lectures mm-hmm. where it it is you talking and someone listening and nodding and saying okay and then going to do what you say largely speaking yeah. Uh, and then in adulthood, it goes from lectures to discussions and conversations, or at least it should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, you should, again, things you should be doing beforehand. I feel like past yeah. 13, there should be more discussions happening mm-hmm. with your child than necessarily once just you get lecturing. High school, once you get to the eighth grade, I said, that's what I said, 13. Grade. Damn. <laughs> I, said, I feel like, like as of 12, 13, middle school age, I, I agree, like sixth grade and up is the times that you need to like, you need to start pouring into your children that their life is theirs and that they get to make decisions. Even if ultimately you, the parent get to, cause yes, 12 year olds are going to be like, yo, let's go skydiving with no bungee board. No. And you, you, the parent obviously have to say no, Wait. but there's a way to tell your child. No, even if you are telling them, no, you can explain to them why this is no. Like I, I there are so many times where my parents would just tell me things were, and there was no explanation and it was the lack of explanation that led me to rebelling yeah because i didn't understand like you telling me no or even telling me yes without an explanation is tyranny and what happens people rebel against tyrants i mean if you like also most likely be like well you didn't give me a reason not to so <laughs> right. like i mean this just sounds like just because you said so yeah you know what i mean just because you said so is not a good enough reason especially when sometimes you'd be wrong it's like this sounds like a you thing this is about me so what I'm gonna do is the thing, you know what I mean? And that's basically what happens. Oh wait, you? What do you think uh, parenting should look like past eighteen or past adulthood? I already told you that shit hard for me, bro. I, I think, I guess I can only think about how I would want to be a parent to my child after mm-hmm. they're eighteen. But like you said, like like we said, I would want to develop that at as early age as like. 10 mm-hmm. because once you turn 10 you really start having a personality and, it, and like you said it might not be me allowing them to decide what they're going to do for the rest of their life on some like you know we're going to make our itinerary yeah. have a Virgo child or some weird shit but like 
<laughs> I don't think that it's gonna be that deep. And it's not gonna be that it's gonna be really difficult, but I don't think it's gonna be that deep. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you really think about it, I think it might be difficult because you've been institutionalized to raise your child in such a way. So it might be a little hard to be like, oh, you know, I want to make them give them choice because you're not really given choice through life. Mm-hmm. And so it seems weird to be like, I'm giving this to you, a child who is beneath and like not as educated as I. But I'm like, that's also a different way to see a child. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I, I think that that's where it roots from is yeah. to be like not giving, not having a dialogue, not having a conversation is that in a way feeling like you're more intelligent. Then like you have this child has nothing to offer. And it's like this bitch been alive for 10 years. Not only that, but like I I have more inside of my life than you because I'm living my life. Yes. Come I'm, on. Like I, I do think like again, your child wanting to eat blue juice and hot chips for every meal, probably not the best idea, right? But let's like that's the other thing. I feel like even in children having quote unquote bad ideas, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to eat hot chips and blue juice for every meal? Oh, because mommy can't cook. Right. So let's let's take a cooking class with mommy. Right. Like let's do something else. Like I'm not like the food that I I make is nasty to you, or you don't like it, or whatever. Then like that's a conversation to be had, right? That's like conversation. Like, but I I, what I have experienced is that even in one there was this one time I was like hanging out with one of our cousins, and she was getting in trouble at school because she wouldn't swim. The reason that she wouldn't swim is because the water, the chlorine in the water irritated her no-no spot. And so, like, she, like, she told the counselor this. She told our aunt this. I mean, not the counselor, the gym teacher this. And told our aunt this. They were supposed to, like, do some stuff to, like, you know, help that out or whatever. Yeah, that's really fucked up. Our aunt is a mother of three. It got put on a back burner. It didn't happen. She was like, well, my coochie's still in. Yeah, (laughs) I'm burning, bitch. How do I get in there? I'm still not going to swim. Fast forward to like a pregnancy report, your your daughter's not swimming. And it's like they're having this conversation about why you're not swimming. You just don't want to mess up your hair and all this stuff. And it's like, you I'm, aren't making an assumption about why I'm not doing this. And like, and, the, and again, my aunt went back to what I know when I was a freshman, we didn't want to swim because we I was like, but that was your experience. I'm quite literally explaining my experience. And I've told everyone it, but yet I'm still considered being a liar. Yeah, not only being a liar, but I'm not only not only am I being a liar, but I'm being defiant because I'm not doing the thing I'm supposed to do, and it puts me like and you're you're telling me to forgo, you know, my safety, right? Yeah. To jump in this pool so I can be burning and being uncomfortable. And then when I start scratching my shit during the dinner table, you're gonna be what you doing? Um, instead of having the conversation about like, hey, what? Hell, my own experience. My sophomore year of high school, I missed 40 days of my art class. Mm. Um, and so my mom knew this. The, the first court report card that she came to, like, in, you know, the, the, the semester one. Mm. And I had, at that point, had 18 absences in my art class. And I had got a D because I was still turning my work in every week. At the end of every week, I wasn't going. And because I wasn't going, that's, I was missing partition. But I so we're gonna get to that. Um, and then at the end of the class, so at the end of the school year, I had 40 absences total. Now, um, when it was brought up that I so I got a detention for this, right? Mm-hmm. And when I got the detention, they sent me to the counselor because the person who gave me the detention was scared of my mom. <laughs> um, she came into the school and cussed his ass out. You fucking bitch. Um, I mean, rightfully so, he deserved that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he sent me to my counselor, my counselor was talking, and she was like, hey 
you keep missing art class from this teacher, what's going on here? Yeah. Now, my mom saw I missed 40 absences from this class and just told me to keep going. She was like, you better go to class or I'm going to beat your ass. It was like the conversation we had. Yeah. At no point was there a conversation as to why I was not going. Yeah. Counselor asked me, I was like, because the teacher makes me feel very uncomfortable. Oh. He married, like he used to rub him like, like you're so naughty, Miss no. Jackson. You know, like he would act, constantly ask me to see him after class. He would like find me in the halls during regular mm-hmm. class and stuff to like speak to me and stuff, like for just no reason at all. So I wouldn't go to his class. Yeah, no, I highly recommend that. <laughs> I didn't go. I and, then, and it was it was well documented enough that like so like I said I wouldn't go to his class, but I would go I would go Mondays. I would get the the work that we had to do that was due Fridays, and I would turn in my work. I had other students turn it in, and they would laugh. They're like, "Oh, you don't want to go to class, Miss Jackson?" Because they like it was well documented that this yeah. person, this teacher, was creepy. very creepy. Yeah. Um, but no one ever, like, no neither one, one of my parents ever asked me that. They never. They the assumption was. Did the counselor was that, do anything? The counselor did. She moved me out of the art class. Well, like the <laughs> teacher though. Girl, this was Michelle Clark. Let's <laughs> let's not ask more from them. What there they did? <laughs> what the fuck? Let's take her out of the class. No, how about you take him out the class? Yeah, but they took me out the class, and I didn't have any more absences. But you know, had I, had for for you know what the thing is, I was about to be punished for missing classes because I was avoiding a teacher that made me uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. The only thing that was my saving grace was that shout out to my mom for cussing out that dean because he was scared of my mom, mm-hmm. so he didn't want to call and say that he gave me a detention. Mm-hmm. So he sent me to the counselor. The counselor was like, because counselors are counselors, was like. There's something else going on here. Someone, a student who otherwise gets good grades, who, who no one still turns in the work, who still turning in the work, who no one has, not even the teacher whose class she's ditching from is complaining about her. Yeah. There's something else. Yeah. But yeah. Damn, that's really fucked up. Now I want to like find the teacher, like nigga, Mr. Ashton, he's out there. I think he still teaches at that school, honestly. So he also taught computer animation, so like all the boys liked him. Like the boy students would like like being in his class because he was like teaching them how to like CGI animate shit. So like and the, cool skill. Okay. it is. Um, but like he was notoriously creepy to to film students, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that would be his saving grace was that the boy students liked him. And they're like, Man, y'all always talk about Mr. Asher. He ain't been doing nothing to nobody. He let us play video games. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sounds like what happens today? Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want at least one child? Oh, of course. That's yes. pretty easy answer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was actually funny enough. Thirty people said yes. Eleven people said no. What made me so interested was the notes. It was the like people that I thought would have. Oh, really? Children, you know what I mean? I'm like she said no. That's what I'm not saying. She said she wanted kids at one point. I guess not no more. I don't know, but. I don't know, but you know what? Like I have gone back and forth. I feel like I'm just now to the point where I'm like, I'm, I want a kid. Yeah. I mean, but I still be thinking about that shit. Like, do you really know? <laughs> I, for me, I just think about it more so of the action of having a child. Mm-hmm. Um, do what I like want to just you know by osmosis appear. You know, that'd be great if we had storks. That'd be my shit. It's the act of. Days. It's the act of like the whole thing. Childbirth, having a child. That I'm not so keen on. So I was like, if I had a partner who was down, mm. then I think I'd be more inclined, but I would like one child. Yeah. I, I like so I have a lot of parenting fears, but uh, I I feel like the parenting fears are like all philosophical. I can talk them out and stuff. My my birth giving birth fears 
are like just real and they're there and they're yeah. not going away because like statistically speaking, I probably will die in childbirth, mm-hmm. um, especially being fat. It just like raises the chances of dying in childbirth. And that gives me a whole lot of anxiety of like the preparation that like the physical preparation that I would have to go through to have a baby before it and then during it and then actually giving birth and crossing your fingers that everything's okay. Yeah. And then healing for the next six weeks, you know, afterwards, if it's just six weeks, there are people, there are women who say like it's three months past, you know, uh, postpartum before they like are completely healed from, from childbirth. And that's, if that's, I've only ever talked to women who've had, uh, vaginal births. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who's had a C-section. So I, I don't really know if that's necessary. I'm sorry that it's not for me. I don't want my body to be, my stomach to be cut. I mean, see, that's the funny part. I would be so okay with my vagina being burst open, but my stomach, I think that scares me because of how much, how much a stomach wound can kill you. Yeah. Like, I know a vaginal wound can kill you as well, but it's more likely that you can get cuts and stuff because of how much I bend over, yeah. how much you maneuver. Yeah. I can just sit all day and be, like, more comfortable if I, like, no vagina or whatever. Yeah, sit on ice packs and stuff. Yeah, but my stomach, I can literally go to the hospital any second and still have a child to take care of. I just, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I, I It just doesn't, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, okay, so I always, like, I have always said that I would like to have a vaginal birth. Um, just because I would want the experience of having had a vaginal birth. Yeah. Um, but if like they told me I had to have a C-section, I would be down for that too, because the idea of ripping my vagina really scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I, was, I, I don't know if in my head, I'm like, yeah, C-section, they're going to sew me right back up the whole time. Maybe that's the- you know, take some of these rolls out of here. Give me a funny baby. Thirty tightening shit. I'm like, hold on. But I will say that, like, I've the research that I've done about C-sections, um, not just like the healing process afterwards, because I will say most people that most of the stuff that's me about C-sections is like women say that they healed pretty nicely or whatever. Um, like immediately after mm-hmm. it, I guess for me, it would be like the ramifications because you know, they have to take the baby out of you or whatever, but like the rest of your organs is in there. They like mm-hmm. moving shit around. Mm-hmm. So I like, like a lot of people say I, they have long lasting pain. Yeah. Internal pain. And that is the part that I am not, that, that I would, yeah, that like, you know, but I know people who have had vaginal births who say that the epidural gives them like long-term back pains afterwards. But I will also say this. My mother had me uh, sans uh, epidural. She she had me in a Catholic hospital, so there was no medication. And I'm here. And then she did it three more times after me. <laughs> and like, they are here. And uh, my aunt has three kids. Like, I was like, the women in my family, most of them anyway, have been able to have children and all of that. Maybe I'll be a Princess Caroline and like, that won't be the case for me and I'll adopt or whatever. But it seems that in my history, in my, in, uh, of people who have had babies in my family, that people are okay. So, girl, I don't know. I never going to ask. One thing I know for damn sure, if, uh, if I have a child and I do the whole vi- vaginal, whatever, I'm getting the epidural. <laughs> a bitch has had an abortion and that shit was painful without medication. Now you want something to actually come out of me? Bitch, please. Know. Bitch, Because didn't mommy have you without epidural too? She said I came out real quick, but I think she did have epidural. Oh, okay. But she said like it was the fastest one that came out. I, I feel like it was two of us, there was no epidural, and the other two she had drugs. I feel like it might have been. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ashley, because yeah. Ashley was born in a Catholic hospital too. See, no, uh-uh, I'm good. 
I need the drugs. I need everything you can shoot up me. I need me. We make sure we got time for that part. Cause I sort of God no. Yeah. Some people say they forget the pain. Um, I mean, actually, I feel like you do. You do. You do forget the pain, but I just going through it. It makes yeah. you want to throw up just how much pain you're in. I'm not a pain bitch. Like I'm a, you can, I like you to slap, you know, a little like taps. But when you start pinching, you know what? That's the other thing. My tolerance for pain is very high. Mm-hmm. So when I think about childbirth, like, like I've heard women give birth. I've seen women give birth. I've heard, you know, war stories. Not just women, but people who've given birth, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I've heard like all the war stories about like I ripped from my vagina all the way to like up my ass crack and stuff like that. And I don't know, like none of it seems like a kind of pain that like it seems like the the childbirth pain seems like pain that like largely, like you said, the, the actual pain of giving birth is one that most women say that they forgot soon after. Like you look at your baby, you just forget. It is not until like you're healing and shit afterwards that like you know you feeling stuff down there. And I'm like a little discomfort in my normal spot would probably be too bad because you're not supposed to have sex anyway. And yeah. like I already know the kind of bitch I am. Like <laughs> it's three weeks. Come on. <laughs> so so that, that would that would literally keep me from like doing it. Wait, how long have you gone without sex after having sex? You know, after oh, having well, sex. actually, I will say the longest I've gone without sex since starting having sex regularly was a year and a half. I went 18 months without sex, Ooh. and. The first three months is the hardest, but after that, you kind of just forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just be going. And then, like, after the, the next three months, you're like, well, bitch, I can go another three months. And you just be keep going. <laughs> I think I can go without sex. I just think the idea, I'm more so like a child, and that if you tell me I can't have it, now I'm just thinking about getting it. Oh, it's really bad. But I also want to be a single parent, so now I'm not saying there will be. No, I'm not. I can be a single parent still, fuck. I mean, I'm saying I would be a single parent, <laughs> but if I'm giving birth, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Like, there are people who are fetishized pregnant women. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want yeah. one of those people. Because <laughs> as soon as I'm not pregnant, you're gonna be like, "Oh, okay, I'm good." Like, nah. Yeah, yeah I always. I mean, I try not to judge, but I try not to be like weirded out. But I'm like people who like date someone after they were already pregnant and showing. I'm always like. I don't know. It just seems like I just can't get over the hump. <laughs> like I don't know. People like meet somebody who's pregnant oh, and then like you start, start dating, dating them and then yeah. you like we have sex. I just it just seems like I'm intruding on someone's face. But I'm like I don't know. Maybe that's not a good way. To- yeah, because it's not someone's face. It's still this other person's yeah. body. Um, I just I don't think that I would want to like I don't know because women say that they I mean not women again pregnant people say that they're sex drive goes up when they're pregnant. Yeah. So I know, oh my god, my friend said that she was having a lot of sex while she was pregnant. And I was like, wow. I mean I, I can see that because also while I'm on my period, mm-hmm. while, like, you know, yeah, you do get horny. I just I don't know. I guess I would I think I'll be uncomfortable. But I think after that first or after the second trimester you don't really get uncomfortable like that. Uh, depends. There's some women who are sick their whole pregnancy. Yeah, I've had a lot of different pregnancy, like, flight experiences, so I don't really know how it would actually be, but I say a lot, but, <laughs> but I don't know, it seems, it seems interesting process. Yeah. It's definitely person by person, specifically pregnancy. Hold on, shit. Okay. Um, I think it's a 
word hate a lot recently. <laughs> Not a lot. It's just such a strong word. Right? But I think I'm like using it with so much intentionality. <laughs> like, I meant what I said. I said what I said. said. Um, I said it in my story yesterday and I was like, you mean it, thanks? <laughs> and then you were like, yes, sis. And I was like, okay, cool. Validation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, validation is such a thing we definitely like. I don't know if people dish out like, you shouldn't want to be validated. I'm, I am so, okay. Wait a minute. Yo, I am so tired of people saying that. Like, I've had two maternal figures in my life say that to me when I, like, came to them. Like, for different, in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. About, like, hey, one person, I was like, I, I really thought that you liked me and that, like, you know, out of all your nibblings that I might have been the fave yeah. and, you know, that they gave us this closeness. And they're like, well, it shouldn't matter if I'm, if you're my favorite or whatever. And it's like, yeah, so I don't. I realistically don't care what individuals think about me because that doesn't largely affect me. It is how you treat me because of what you think of me that does, right? And that's mostly what anybody who's ever said, "Hey, you're treating me badly," is saying. Like, do trans people give a fuck about what your individual, I, you know, thoughts about transness is? No. But when your individual biases start to inform other people's lives, then I'm gonna have some shit to say about it, right? Um, and this, I like, and the idea that uh, validation isn't necessary. If you are somebody who is not, I think is first of all, we're social animals. We do need validation. We need camaraderie and community and all of that. Um, and part of validation is letting you know that you're doing things right. If no one is ever validating you, then how do you know that? And how do you continue on anyway? Y'all just really irritate me with that self love yourself out of oppression shit. Like that's that's not real. Mm-hmm. Plenty of us love ourselves. There are just other things going on. Yeah, nah, dog. Yeah, like you said, validation is okay. I feel like if y'all have decided that you just are not going to validate the people around you, why are there people around you? Also, and do you, like, my thing is, like, you have people around you that you're not validating, but you want them to validate you? Like, how does that make sense? I don't. Um, so, you know, all y'all hoes, make sure you love them on your hoes. That's all I got to say. But another thing, a last thing, last thing we talked about, or last thing I questioned on my story was, is there a good way to parent? And if so, why? And yeah, we got some responses from y'all. Quite a few. Um, some people said learning to apologize when they're done, when they've done their kids wrong, which is one that I was heaps proud of that, you know, to read. Because most people don't talk about apologizing to children unless they're talking about how they won't. <laughs> the number of y'all who get on Beyonce's internet to say that you will never say sorry to your children. This shit is Why sick. are you not embarrassed? It's sick, bro. Why are you not mortified that you type that out for the world to see that you will not apologize to your children? Weird. Also, y'all who get on the internet to brag about how you can't wait to beat your children. Also, Weird. weird. What the fuck is wrong with you? Seek help. Okay, so somebody who is a parent, which is the one reason I want to read it, because a lot of these responses are people who hypothesize about yeah. parent. But this is the one who is a parent, and they was like, I would like to add, letting your kid know apologizes only if you've done wrong. And it was like, my kid stays saying sorry if things for things she needs not to be sorry for. And then she started talking about like what her child is you know, saying for. But it was just things that like she had clearly not done wrong, mm-hmm. but then, you know, still being like, sorry, sorry, which is something that I think I hear a lot of people do to this day as grown human beings. Yeah. Especially people who've um, 
you know, going whatever marginalized, you know, spectrum they might fit on, mm-hmm. especially like black women, especially women in general. Mm-hmm. This person was just like, you know, a Hispanic woman, but still a woman. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just like something that you, especially specifically for women, this is only like true, I didn't do that know, um, that we are like told to apologize and told to constantly be sorry for everyone else's shit. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you know, it's told that you need to be sorry and everything like that. So when you get to the point where you need, somebody needs to apologize to you, you don't really know how to go about that. Yeah. Or if you don't need to apologize and you just need to address the situation. And or excuse go. yourself. Yeah. It's just, you know, a lot of things. Yeah. There, there's a, tons of YouTube videos about this, about women saying sorry for all things that they don't need to say sorry for and like changing it to excuse me or you like the, the what will actually fit there instead of saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually something I had to say to that parents um, swipe up their words is back to what we were talking about earlier about seeing your children as extensions of yourselves and not many means. And me and Izzy were talking about this before off podcast where I was like, I think that if you see your children as extensions of yourself, that you you see things in your child that children that you do or don't like, and you remember that they are reflections of you. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you sent your child, your daughter, her daughter saying sorry for everything that she doesn't need to say sorry is a reflection of you teaching her to say sorry for all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so it for me, I think parenting really is an opportunity to rise to the occasion. We were talking about, like, what happens when your child is a bully or you see your child being bullied, right? Or your child, what happens when your child becomes a bystander to bullying? Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? It means that your child has seen you be a bystander. Yeah. And if what you want for them is to be someone who's going to be proactive in those situations to take up for someone, you need to be that change. Like, I, there, there are so many behaviors that parents see in their children where they don't like them in themselves. Mm-hmm. And instead of rectifying that, hey, my child lies because I lie. My child is tardy because I'm tardy. My child is a bully because I'm a bully. And changing themselves and being that example for their child, that they just tell the child to do something differently. And you can't teach a child to be honest if you weren't. Yeah. And expecting them to just get it. Telling them not to lie doesn't help if all they know is lies. Yeah, especially right. also thinking about how a lot of lies are, don't derive and somebody just being a feel for lying. Yeah, it's not. It's very rare that children are like that. Yeah, a lot of the times it comes from fear, fear of like consequences. Being, yeah, consequences, and so you have to understand like set a space where consequences aren't to be feared, but understanding that in order for you to be a human being, there will be things where you have done wrong, and the consequences will help you become a better human being. setting up you know systems of accountability in your home and stuff like that but like again these are things that me and Izzy were talking about there was some scenario we were like talking about with kids and she was like damn bitch you didn't really talk about this (laughs) (laughs) because one of the things like again there are I do want to be a parent at some point in my life as of right now you know that shit might change um, and one of the things that I really want to make sure that I have, because there was a conversation I was actually having, you know, I always talk about her, Kimberly Foster, for Harriet, please check out her YouTube channel, phenomenal. And just like it, for Harriet, for Rihanna, but when it's like to read. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, <don't> support. <laughs> um, but there was a conversation happening about like not men not having channels of accountability or whatever. And it's like, that starts in the home. That starts with parenting. That starts with mothers having chains of accountability for their daughters and not having them there for their sons that 
it is not that my brother didn't get in trouble for shit, but it was more so he got in trouble for it right then and there, and then he wasn't on punishment for weeks later after the fact, mm-hmm. right? So there were no long-term consequences for lots of things that he did, which is, you know, here we are in the future, love him to death, but that is why he is one of those people who thinks that, like, we've gone through this, and so it should be over, and there should no longer be any rehashing, because he doesn't understand that long-term consequences and long-term accountability is a thing, because that hasn't been taught to him, right? Yeah. Um, just like stuff like that that I want to be able to give my children but that also comes in turn with me holding myself accountable and that means that when I transgress against my child the chain of accountability that I have for my child when they do it to me that it should also apply to mom Yeah. and I think that generally speaking for parents even people that I deem as good parents that is the thing um, they don't treat their children like equal uh, well, well, we're talking about this. I don't necessarily, they don't treat their children with equity. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Where it's like, if mommy does something wrong to you, that mommy needs to be held accountable. Not just when you do something wrong, you need to be held accountable because that is not how this family should work. Everybody owes everyone in this family. Yeah. This is the kind of household I would like to have anyway. Yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic. Speaking of not to just like go into shitty thing in the week, but we can go no, into shitty thing in the week. I feel like we've exact not exasperated the subject. We can talk more and more. And I hope that my biggest thing about this podcast is that we don't talk about these things so we can just talk about some and then y'all listen to them and then you go home and you just live your life. Like talk with us. No, I listen to Bubble Flex podcast and I consistently mention the things that I listen Same. and learn. Oh, y'all listen to For Harry and consistently mentions and learns from those things. I would hope that we are avenue for that. And if not, then I hope you find avenues for that. And to continue these discussions within yourself, even if it's not like somebody else near you. But talking about shitty thing of the week this week. My shitty thing of the week is actually very interesting because it has like nuance and levels and like interesting things like most things do. Mm-hmm. Um, so my shitty thing of the week goes to okay, so I don't even know how to set it up. Like uh, I feel like the time's ticking, I'm just going. Okay, okay, so uh, <laughs> yesterday actually, this is I mean the week ended yesterday. So for me anyway. Um so yesterday I was on Instagram, um just casually on Instagram. There is this one person who I follow on Instagram who pretty much always post uh, people's GoFundMe's and stuff like that. And I would watch their story. I will like, tap through it. Just, I don't really, like, look for anything in particular, which is already, you know, strike one. I'm not really, ex- you know, experiencing the content. I'm no. just going through the content. Especially, I have decided internally, subconsciously, this is not something that involves me yeah. or I need to care about quotes around care. But, um, so strike one, <laughs> dissect. And then two, they had posted on their story about how, like, oh, I saw that y'all saw this, and y'all didn't reshare it, blah, blah, blah. And I was, it was so funny, because right before I had saw that post, right, I was on more story talking about how um, it annoys me that people talk about the men are trash thing in such a negative way, that like people saying, like, I hate the term, I need to stop saying Oh, that. I did watch your story. Okay. Okay. But I was like, that's what I was talking about my story. I mean, it's gone now. You can't go back and watch it if you listen to this. But basically, I was just talking about how um, this one person was talking about how men are trash and y'all need to, or the term men are trash needs to not be said, especially about black men. And y'all hold them too much accountable. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? So much accountable that <laughs> Breonna Taylor's murders are still on vacation. Okay. But, <laughs> and so I was like talking about this, and the last slide I did was 
I was like, y'all need to focus more on the fact and why you're being called out and not that you're being called out. Yeah. And it was so funny that right after I said that, I posted my story, goes to their story, right? And they call me out. <laughs> Casually, you know what I mean? And then so their head screenshot their story of the story they posted with someone's GoFundMe. And then they were like, I see, it was 19 people who watched it. And I'm like a little bubble. <laughs> I'm like one of the people who watched it, right? And, you know, because you can, when people watch your story, it shows up the most, you know, frequent who are watching it. And so I'm one of the people who popped up. And then, so I'm obviously known, you know, I'm included in this, mm-hmm. this call out. And so I saw it and they were like, this is someone's, it was a GoFundMe for someone's funeral um, for their father. And it was like, this is someone's funeral for their father. And y'all didn't think to share it, like, da, 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 da. And I was like, and then I went on this, like, I thought it was because I had just talked about accountability, right? On my own story. Yeah. And then I had just seen this. It was basically accountability. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, wow. <laughs> and so I went to the mental, like, of, like, why didn't I, one, not even remember seeing the post. Yeah. And two, why did I not, because if I hadn't read it, what have I even shared it? Yeah. And that was, like, the question I asked myself. And I think I wouldn't have. I don't share a lot of GoFundMe's on my page on my story specifically because most people just share on their story. But I don't share on my story a lot of times because I think I have decided to conclude that no one was going to give them money anyway from the people that watched my story. But the reason why, I, and then funny enough, I was like, but that's not a good reason to not share. You lose it. They basically not give some opportunity for them to share on their story. Yeah. Seeing it, that's about the train of the point of sharing. Basically, I yeah. concluded that I, I'm exempt from it. Yeah. She can say it with me too. And then on top of that, I was given example as to why I continued, I should have shared, you know, I why I should continue to share as a Because I ended up sharing in my story because it was like one of those things, like I said, focus on why you're being called out, not that you're being called out. Because I could yeah. easily just went into the section, why are you putting me out here? You yeah. know what I mean? Like that. But, and so I shared it in my story. And funny enough, I know someone or I follow someone and they follow me who has like thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. They saw that I shared on my story. Shared on their story. Shared on their story with the swipe up link. Oh. And the page, the, the post has 300 likes now. Mm. But and it's funny enough, somebody else who I know who has clout yeah. shared it. And so now they're getting funds. Now they're yeah. getting money. But I was like, this is a direct line of like, I'm going to say, as to why, you know, not I mean? to like further drag you, but bitch, did you share your GoFundMe? On and your that's shit? what, they, and that's what they were saying. The person who called me out, they were like, a lot of y'all asking for community support, but you're not also giving me that community for them. Yeah. And so I was like, that, I, I read the, the call out was a call out. It yeah. was a good call out, and I, I highly, I highly recommend people do it more often. Yeah. But I thought it was so interesting because why had I deluded myself to believe that, you know, I wasn't a part of the work that needs to be done, and hence that's why the shitty thing of the week. But I was like going forth. And then today I saw another one that they had shared in their story, but it was of a white person. I just made I made the person yeah. <laughs> not to do it. But it's also funny to think about even that, you know what I mean? No, that's, I don't think that's no no no, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> no but, but but still, however you know, comma. However, comma, I still you are making the active decision to, you know, not support someone. Oh, well, I guess for me is I stand up in that. You're white. I'm not going to support you on my platform. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying but I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that's why I said it's a nuance to the conversation yeah. Yeah. because there is choice here, right? Yeah. There is a choice as to why you didn't do something. If someone asks you, would you make that choice? Somebody asked me, would you actively make the choice to not support and help this? 
it was a black person at that. Yeah. And then two, it was like some, it was a young person. I think they were 16. Oh, and yeah. like their father had just died and they needed this place to funeral oh, yeah. So like the question, but I had not known or even set myself up for the, you know, to learn the information. Yeah. And I was like, thought that was so interesting because that happens so often. Mm-hmm. And that I'm, you know, like, I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Because yeah. it's funny, because like right after I did receive so much community support, I was like, you know, sharing people's ghost on me and stuff like that. And it's just slowly subsided down to now where I will only share the story. I've not actively, subconsciously started only sharing people that I knew, like whose stories I knew. And it's like, so I would share it every now and then, but I obviously wouldn't be as consistent as they were on their yeah. story. But I was just like, look at that. Yeah, I. I, I like that just because it's definitely true. It, so me and Izzy were having a conversation just yesterday about supporting friends on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how for me, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, if the, I have, I realistically have three friends, right? <laughs> but I have probably ten associates, <laughs> like ten people who are on the internet who do things who could like ask me to drop a link or share their posts and stuff. And I was like, because there's only 10 people for me, and, like, out of those 10 people, I only have to do this, like, once every three months. Every time they post something that's, like, about them selling something or their business or whatever, I always share it because it's, like, whatever. Versus Izzy, who has nothing but art acquaintances. And so, like, every three minutes, there's somebody new with a link or with a, a, you know, a SoundCloud or some shit. And why she has to be selective with them versus me is, like, you know, you inherently call me your friend, so whatever. I'll, I'll go ahead and post you kind of thing. Um, and like how somebody can look at that and be like, oh, you know, so one of you is more supportive than the other mm-hmm. for these things or whatever. Um, I think it's important, like you said, the call out is good, especially when it's like you people have asked for community support and then are not supportive of the community or whatever. But I also think that like in that same situation, it's like, what happens if this person is a male and I just don't give my money to men? Yeah. What happens if, like you said, the white person, I don't give money to white people, period. Yeah. Like, and you calling me out on that will lead to me being like, oh, excuse you, if you want to help white people, <laughs> that's your business. And so I if you want to help men, that's your, but I guess my thing is this, is that when, like, I guess my call out to her call out or to their call out. Yeah, it's fair. I don't know their gender, their call out. My call out to their call out would be that you don't know the reasons that people aren't doing that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's kind of... But I think in this specific situation, they're not... I've never seen them call out anyone and then not be along with what views I say that are mine. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, like, I I received it okay. as something. Like, if they made a call, I doubt. And so, also, I don't even think that they would do that. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I, knowing them, I'm like, I don't think that they would be like... This white person is not giving support. Excuse me, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't foresee that in their personality. Oh I would not claim. I like. I don't even. I think that's an insult to this claim. Then I, I apologize. No, but I completely understand. There is, like I said, there's the nuance, nuance of the conversation. Yeah. And so, like, if someone did do that, that would be then that person being like, I could have seen that post, and if it didn't align with my views tap along, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because it did, yeah. it, it, it made me think. And I will say that so I heard this whole story and like I was just like, so where's the shitty thing at? But then like, and then you like explain to explain exactly why this was like your shitty thing, why this mm-hmm. is shitty of you to have done. Because I was just like, um, I not that I don't care, not that I don't see them, but like I see lots of GoFundMe's and I'm like, that's a black man, this mm-hmm. person is white, that person is non-black, this person is masked. 
So like, you know, they just, it, it's black femme and non-men over here. Like if you're too light-skinned, I might not share your shit. I don't know. I did transition, I'm like, there are people doing transition funds. I'm like, I highly support that. It, I, I really, it just boils down, if you're white, yeah, I won't support it. You know what I mean? I pretty much support everybody else alongside, go to your page and I don't see anything racist. But like, then again, I think for me, the people I I'm follow- I'm also a black man's page and I don't see nothing racist though, so. For me, the people I follow, they aren't sharing those anyway. Uh, and so we that's- We do like, have different audiences. Yeah, right? that's yes. completely true also. Cause like for me, it's like the people that, they're not sharing people who I wouldn't want to share anyway. I think it boils down to me being like, oh, my story's too long. Yeah. And so some of those, when my, I feel like my story is too long, I do save mm. for a later day. Because one, if my story is long, no one's watching it yeah. anyway. So therefore, there's the purpose. The piece of purpose. Then I'm just performatively sharing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to do that. Yeah. And so I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to strategically place it. And I do my post. I usually share information, quotes around information. Or like you know stuff like that, um, like you know quick quick things or GoFundmes. I do those. Yeah, I do those every time I wake up. Like I do them at ten o'clock, and then I'll just go and post whatever the fuck else I want to post around the day. But I know I've done this in the morning where everybody's gonna see it. Mm-hmm. If you see my bullshit laughing on my story after that, then you see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like this is what you need to see. And so if I miss that quota, then you gotta go to the next day. But yeah. like I knew watching that story, yeah. that wasn't my case. I, that's so and that's why it makes it my shitty thing. And that's why you can acknowledge. And that's why I also believe that you know when you're doing something shitty. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, I and this is why the shitty thing of the week could also be like your accountability thing of the week. Because I feel like most of the things that like we talk about here that like a lot of the times it could be like that. Somebody can hear like girl, I don't understand what you did wrong, yeah. right? Um, but I was like, the reason this is my shitty thing of the week is because I felt shitty when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is the way that I felt when I was like, "Ooh, girl, you can do better." <laughs> that led it to being this, and I, I think, and I, I guess my message to all of you listening is that when you have that feeling, um, it's time to take accountability. Yeah, and I mean, don't make an Instagram post if you don't want to make an Instagram post, but make an Instagram post if you feel like you need to make an Instagram post. Or Tell you can do us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that I don't, I don't want that job. Oh, well, not for the accountability. I'm talking about tell us your shitty thing of the week. Oh, okay. Free <laughs> labor. I'm like, I'm like My cash app yeah, yeah. DM us on It's a Look Pod and tell us your shitty thing of the week. We highly recommend y'all do that every week so we can all have a discussion on our page, my page. If you can, okay, how about this? DM under the oven your shitty thing of the week. DM it's a look pod your shitty thing of the week. We can have a discussion on my Instagram about it and why it's which is shitty. You see those Reddits where it's like, am I a shitty person or not? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And also we can have it on the same discussion on it's a look page. You know, we can have these discussions, but don't come here telling us you're not shitty. It just sounds. Please don't tell me I was. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't say like. I don't want to hear about like how you were just such a good person. Like if this is not a job interview, you don't need to tell me that your biggest weakness is that you just work too hard. But another thing, I don't want you to come here asking me if it's if it's shitty. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like I want you to come. Stand up. Say it with your chest. Yes, yeah, I want you to come that you know you did the shitty thing, and we discuss the shitty thing and the levels and nuance of that shitty thing. You know, like same way to where we did about parenting, we have responses and comments. You'll be ambiguous, but still. Anonymous. I meant that, but you know what I meant. I just figured I wasn't listening. You knew! <laughs> English is not my 
Not my best language. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first language then? Uh, <laughs> my shitty thing of the week. Um, like I said, we did this podcast Tuesday, so I don't really have. I haven't been shitty in like the last couple of days. Shout out to me, right? Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. People say that they haven't been shitty in the last couple of days. I don't mean. I think that's possible. I mean, I've also largely been in my house. Who can I be shitty to besides myself? Yourself? Um, yeah, but like I talked about me last week, so I'm gonna talk about y'all and y'all shitty things. Because there were two people who were shitty to me today. Um, so this is a calling or a call out because y'all probably won't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first thing, I need all thin and smaller fat because the person who did this was would be considered fat and plenty of circles <laughs> herself. To learn how to compliment fat people. Like, that's the whole tweet. That's the whole sentence. Because y'all don't. Like, all, like, so, story time. Waiting at the bus stop, waiting for the 14. I'm on my way to Izzy's house for the podcast today. A uh, young woman walks up to me in, in the middle of a pandemic. All right! Why are you walking up to you during the middle of a pandemic? In the middle of a pandemic. She didn't think of To say, oh, girl, you cute. You wear what you want because, you know, don't give a fuck about what nobody else got to say. You wear what you want. I got a niece that's like, yo, size, she a big girl, too. And, you know, she was she wore a bikini to the beach and all the niggas at the beach was on it. It ain't even about what you look like. It's how people treat you. Now, had she just told me I was cute, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. And actually, I want you to take this, not just thin people and smaller fat people. Just all people, when you are talking to someone who sits at an intersection of marginality, you can literally just say nothing to them. But if you feel moved enough to compliment them, give them the compliment and get out the door. Saying you are comp- complimenting my confidence is not a compliment. Saying that I'm brave because I'm wearing clothes that you wouldn't put on your body because you were, if you were my size, is not a compliment. Saying that I am inspirational, none of that is a compliment. I am existing in my fat body for me. It is not for you. If you enjoy it, that is nice. If you don't enjoy it, don't give a fuck. But you cannot say anything to me. And if you're going to say something, make sure it's actually productive. Because you start talking fucked up to me, things are going to get fucked up. Thank you. Um, That's all. Period. Um... (laughs) collective boundary um second thing was also finally did get on the bus and uh there was a gentleman he got on the bus he didn't pay but he put he had a mask on he sat down i know i would also like to reiterate um you gender people a lot i don't want to that's not a call out i don't know why i don't like the way i said that but to implement non like to be like she, her, stuff like that when mm-hmm. they've not expressed their pronouns. I don't think that in these at in these people and these attributes or whatever, they might not go for their no oh. pronouns. But the fact that it happens so often that I need like this example earlier, I never mentioned that they if the pronoun was anything other than they. You actually still, only said they them, and then you still said she. she. You know what I mean? So like you know. It is something that I think about, and that is the reason that when I'm talking about people where I know their gender, that I typically uh, leave them genderless. Like when I'm referring to our brother, I say our siblings, say they, them, to get more practice, because I know that's something that I do, that I tend to gender. Well, I think that's something to know, though, that when you know someone's gender, you're still using they, them pronouns, but you know them. 
you know well, their gender, so then why not use their gender pronoun? Well, the reason that I do it in the reverse is because they, them is gender neutral. So I'm not misgendering someone mm-hmm. who has gender pronouns, but it gets me in the practice of saying they, them conversationally. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the thing for me is that when I don't know someone's gender, I immediately want to gender them. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when, if I can teach my brain to know, like I'm, I know that this person is masculine or I know that they have he, him pronouns or she, her pronouns, but I'm using them genderless. It just puts me in the practice of doing that more so. Um, so, so actually got a shitty thing of the week. I do do that. I, I um, oftentimes gender people and inanimate objects without knowing their gender. Um, but on the bus stop, there was a bus driver. Mm-hmm. There was a person who got on the bus. And this is another reason why I also use pronouns is when I'm telling stories about people where I don't know their names. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying they, they, they. You say bus driver. Well, in this instance, I can't. I'm saying generally speaking, oh, yeah. though, when I'm talking, I'm, I don't know names. I just talked to her. That's why I think people be like, you want the shoes? <laughs> uh, it gets hard. And like, this is the times when I'm talking to you. I'm like, can we, okay, person A, person B, and person C. Yeah. Uh, which, like I said, there are, there's something I can do in those situations where it gets hard to keep up with people, um, besides gendering them. Mm-hmm. Learning things we're getting better at. Accountability is real. Um, yeah, so bus driver, so person gets on the bus, they don't pay, but they sit down with their bags, put a mask on, not bothering nobody. They're talking out loud or whatever, but you know, they doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But everybody gets on the bus, bus driver sits there for like five minutes and we don't go anywhere. And so like everybody on the bus is like, nigga, move this bus, do your job. So start driving. We get, you know, about six blocks up and the bus driver sees a police car. There's a, like the bus driver flies the police car, police officer gets off the, gets off of, gets out of the car, gets onto the bus and like asks the person who's already on the bus to get off and like, I'm gonna put you on another bus. Mm -hmm. I'm calling out the bus driver because this person was doing nothing to anyone. They were minding their own business. With a mask on. With a mask on, with their bags in their lap, like chilling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why did you call the police? And this is a black man, I mean, a black mask presenting person calling the police on another black mask presenting person. Like, do we not just see another black, well, black man, a black man. I don't know if either one of you identifies me. Do you want to just see a black mask person, though, get, like, choked out for 10 minutes straight? Yeah. And and this is what you do? So, yeah, stop calling the police on black people. Period. Especially if you yourself as a black person, dumbass. Yeah, like, that seems a little backwards. A lot of black people be doing that. And then, like, in the same way that white people do it, like, vendetta kind of way, like, I'm going to call the police on you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell mom on you. But, like, far more aggressive and far more violent. We were in. She's Okay, so that's it. Yeah. Um, as always, subscribe to my OnlyFans. Oyana Monet is only ten dollars. Yes, subscribe to OnlyFans and not only subscribe but also share it. We'll be talking about sharing. Oh, the post is up on my Instagram. It's not archived. I look real sexy, so you know you don't gotta be, you know, feeling no way about sharing and being like, "Ooh, sure." I posted her video. My story got put down, but again, it's okay. I guess some people viewed it. <laughs> um, but it's Eliana. It's Izzy. It's, it's a look. look.